Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Bear with me a quick second. My computer's stalling right at the time of the show. Trying to get, just got knocked off the internet, so bear with me. I have a special guest co-host on this morning, so just bear with me as I get logged back into the internet. Bear with me, everybody. This just went out. So let's do this one. Let's get logged back in here. Just got knocked off the internet. Sorry for the rough start. It's happened from time to time. <laughs> We've been doing good with it over the last few months. We uh, probably had about a six-month run without these issues. And it's kind of popped back up over the last month or so. I'm actually on a different internet, so that may be the problem here. Bear with me one second, everybody. And I'm assuming everybody can hear me because I can't access the board. So typically when I call in by the phone, y'all can't hear me. So just give me a few seconds to multitask. We'll try to get back on this morning. Internet literally was just working up until the show started. Crazy how that time and time got everybody. We're going to make this work this morning. and get logged back on so we can get started. I'm very excited about this morning's show. Got one of my favorite guest co-hosts coming back in. Hillary Winfield should be on the line once I get back in here, hopefully. Let's see if I can get back in here. I think I'm almost back in. All right, y'all. Sorry for the rough start. Yeah, we in here. All right, here we go. All right, let's do this. Let me play a quick intro. I can get my senses back together here. Y'all bear with me. Sorry about the rough start again this morning. All right, let's open the show up and come back with it. All right, here we go. Take two. How about that? Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with guest co-host Hillary Winfield, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Thank you all for sticking with us. Those who have, I may have lost a few people with our rough start this morning, got knocked off the internet as we do on this show via the internet. Um, Glad to get on my guest co-host, Hillary. How you doing this morning? Thank you, Queen, for 
working out the case with us and, and, and coming in at the last minute here. I definitely need you for this morning's discussion, as I always appreciate your three cents for any discussion that we have. But if you will, quickly say hello to the truth seekers and, you know, give a quick background, and we'll jump right off into the show. Uh, good morning, Montoya. I'm good. I hope everyone's doing well, and thanks for having me on again. No, absolutely. So go ahead and let's just lost a few seconds. We'll jump right in, jump right in this morning's discussion question. Farrakhan banned. How should we respond and be specific for those who may not have heard? If we are your weekly news, as it, you know, you about to recall, I'm not a big news watcher, but obviously these days of time you have to watch TV to get the news. But Farrakhan was banned. Um, in a sense, his account, I should say, was taken off of. Facebook and ID, two huge platforms, and a few of his books uh, for the Nation of Islam, not necessarily his books, but books written by members of the Nation of Islam were actually uh, removed uh, from Amazon. So that's our this morning's discussion. Again, not just to talk about Farrakhan himself, but I saw a lot of different response from you know, people in our community in response to Farrakhan being banned. And so we want to delve into all of those, in a sense, different responses. And we'll definitely plan some cuts from Farrakhan um, for, to even give people an idea of, you know, in a sense, what may be behind it, at least from our own opinion. But, again, that's just one of discussion. Farrakhan banned, how should we respond? Here, I'll let you jump off with your initial three cents on, in a sense, as a community, how should we respond to something, you know, something, and it, it kind of came as a surprise, at least to me it did, um, not surprised at the actual action, but just surprised that it, you know, popped up all of a sudden, I would say, if that makes sense. But go ahead, Queen, your three cents on how we should respond initially. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it was too surprising because last year they had gotten rid of, um, Alex Jones and I think some other people like that. And mm-hmm. it seemed at the time that that was just kind of a smoke screen so they could do something like this. Uh, but I feel like the way we should respond is we're going to have to get our own platforms because if we're constantly having to be at the mercy of Facebook and, and IG and Twitter and all these, then we're going to have to be subject to their rules, which we know from, you know, a lot of um, reports that, especially Facebook, has racist policies where they go after black people who just talk about race and they don't go after white supremacists or suspect the white supremacists on there. I remember uh, when um, Trayvon Martin died, they had a picture of his dead body on Facebook and Facebook said it didn't violate their policy. Um, and they had a short time after that another white supremacist in uh, I think he was in Texas or somewhere like that. He was on there with his gun saying, you know, that they need to kill thugs, which we know is just a euphemism for black people and he was never banned off Facebook. So our response ultimately should be we need to get our own platform and leave Facebook and all these other uh social media sites. All right, fair enough. Now, what I'll ask you um, in, in response, and you'll hear it in the first cut because we're going to go to a quick break here, and it just mentions the other people who were banned in addition to Alex Jones. Now, from what I understand, I didn't know anything about these additional people's background. I definitely obviously heard of Alex Jones and InfoWars, and you're right. Um, he was taken off of Facebook, but, you know, this one includes the IG since Facebook owns both. I remember, and you'll hear it in the cut, the people, I don't know if it's in the cut, 
But, you know, people work and saying, well, what, if they own IG, why do they take them off of IG per se? Uh, but anyway, I say they, in a sense, that the other people that were banned, in a sense, were, quote-unquote, if we'll use this term, alt-right, um, right-wingers, per se. So in this sense, because uh, I do agree that when we when you talk about individuals, maybe not as well-known as this, and that's why this is being highlighted, because these people are known, right? Um, you know, people get banned individually for three days, 30 days, that type of thing happens. Some of my friends um, constantly, you know, in a sense, from an individual basis, um, but with that said, I do agree that you didn't see, like the example you said, you didn't see a lot of that happening, happening to, in a sense, uh, things that our community would deem offensive. You didn't see those things getting banned. In this case, you actually have, in a sense, right-wingers that are being banned. And in the cut, you're going to hear them say that maybe Farrakhan was thrown in as a token uh, because there are people – in a sense, from that side of things, it says that that type of speech gets banned all the time. I know, I guess, based on who I would follow, I wouldn't know that. Uh, but I was just saying that this is, in a sense, an example of them taking a large-scale um, ban of those who do, in a sense, present their ideologies. And we'll hear, you know, some of their thought behind it. But, uh, I, you know, but again, I'm just kind of pointing out that in this case, it wasn't just well, Barracon was kind of one of three, if that makes sense, or one of four, I think, total, if that makes sense. Um, a quick thought on that, and then we're going to go to a break. Um, I mean, I think the real target was Farrakhan. Uh, not, I mean, these other okay. ones are just white sacrifices. They just were setting up to get him off of there because Farrakhan does not advocate or um, invoke any kind of violence uh you know, actions against anybody. Uh, there's no case that I know of that, you know, he has said something and as a, in a response, people have, you know, shot up or bombed anything. And you can't say the same about these other uh, white supremacists because all these shooters that are shooting up um, mosques and schools and whatever, in their manifestos, they say, I listened to this person or this person, this person inspired me. You've never seen someone uh, commit some type of mass violent act and say, you know, I'm a follower of Farrakhan and he inspired me to do this. Right, I can respect that. And yeah, if what I understand, this inspires violence or even hate, so it may not even be the action per se, um, you know, again, that they're looking to ban. And again, it's not here to justify Facebook. It's just, again, you know, just to talk about, in a sense, what our response should be. And you've already said, hey, it's time for us to get our own platform so we're not controlled. Let's go to a quick break, and we'll open up the phone line when we come out. We've got a lot of people on the line listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. This morning's discussion question. Farrakhan, banned, how should we respond? We'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Well, Facebook taking steps to enforce its hate speech policies today, banning several controversial figures and organizations. Correspondent Trace Gallagher has more on those the social media giant is dubbing dangerous. Hello, Trace. 
Hi, Shannon. Facebook has long said objectionable speech is permissible so long as it doesn't bleed into hate. Now it appears the social media giant is pointing fingers at those it believes in gender hate, including several far-right figures like Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, Alex Jones, and Jones's InfoWars website. On the far left, the ban includes the anti-Semitic Louis Farrakhan, who some believe was put in so that Facebook could appear balanced, especially since conservatives have long criticized the social media giant for unfairly censoring conservative speech, though Farrakhan's ban has generated a significant amount of pushback. Watch. So Facebook and Instagram just banned the minister Louis Farrakhan. I want to know for what. All he ever do is tell the truth. But y'all going to ban him now. Facebook said this about barring certain content, quoting, We've always banned individuals or organizations that promote or engage in violence and hate, regardless of ideology. The process for evaluating potential violators is extensive, and it is what led us to our decision to remove these accounts today. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question, Farrakhan banned. How should we respond? If you want to get in on this morning's discussion, please press press 1 to let us know if you're on the phone lines. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, you will need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. And so, Hillary, I, I listened to that cut, and I would say, to kind of share this with you, we actually have a caller that wants to get in, so we'll get to them too. Um, but I would share with you, Hillary, that um, – I would actually tend to agree with what I just heard in the cut from the standpoint that I personally wonder, is Farrakhan a token? Because I, in the sense to take off these three others who have, you know, and one even ran for office from what I understand, and again, not to get into their background specifically, but, you know, one ran for, you know, a couple of political offices. So the idea that these other three is who they really wanted, I think that's a possibility, you know, just to kind of throw that out there. And Farrakhan may be a token, but it actually speaks to what you're saying, regardless of whether you, if you're right that talk, that he was the actual target, or if I'm right and that he may have just been a token to quote unquote balance out, in a sense, what they what they ultimately wanted to do. It comes back to not even being in a position to be, in a sense, play with again, even as a target or even as a token, the response of, in a sense, having our own platform. Now, as much as, you know, again, that's something that you've always advocated for, do for self. That's definitely who you are. That's how you move. That's how you act in your actions. I know you very well. Uh, my question in, in bringing up that concept, because we talk about it quite often anytime our community, in a sense, feels like there's been a transgression against it. We hear these calls. Um, what type of reality in, in your mind, um, how close are we as a community to that reality, such as providing a, you know, a platform of this nature? I know of a couple of other platforms that are promoting, you know, in a sense for us. So I know they exist. Um, but I'm asking, I guess I'm simply, to say all that, to simply ask you uh, realistically um, how much do you think we will be moved to actually move to another platform, even if that opportunity was presented to us? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Queen? Um, I mean, I think that a critical mass of people would do it. Maybe not everybody, but, you know, if 
it would be for people that get tired of getting banned by Facebook and Twitter. I mean, I think I've been banned off Facebook like four or five times this year already for, in my opinion, you know, not. I don't think they I violated their terms, but Facebook says so. And it's just only because you're talking about race, not saying anybody, you know, to hurt anybody or talk, um, you know, negatively about people, just their actions that, you know, certain people like white supremacists exhibit. So I don't think, however, um, I don't think that we are anywhere close to getting, like, a comparable platform because it takes so much money just to even make and run these platforms that we don't have or the money that we do have, we don't, um, you know, put it together and use it for that type of thing. So I don't think it's very realistic, but still, that's the solution. Well, it makes sense. So if I understood you correctly, you're saying, hey, if it's presented, we will go in mass, but the process of getting it, that's kind of the issue just based on, like you said, the amount of money that any of this, you know, this type of stuff costs. Let's go to a couple of colleagues and see what they got to say. Area code six seven eight last three six three nine. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello. Yes, Hello. you're live on the air. Yeah, give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three uh, cents on this morning's discussion. Oh, uh, this is uh, Tommy Bottoms calling from uh, Snellville, Georgia. Hey, what's going on, Tommy? Thanks for getting in with us, King. Uh, yeah, give us what your three cents on this morning's discussion. Excuse me. Um. It's interesting to me that that this is like people are surprised that this is, that this happened with Farrakhan. I mean, it, people have been warning about this, and when I say this, the whole the idea of tech censorship uh, for the last four or five years, um, and they have been banning people from these platforms for a long time. But people celebrated it because people thought, oh, I don't like this person. Take Snoop Dogg for example. Only two weeks ago, he was demanding that some chick from Fox News be banned from her TV show because he didn't like what she said. So eventually when you uh, start censoring somebody and the, the, the rules and the, and, the, and the things in place to censor that person will eventually be used on you. See, when you want to tear down Robert Lee today, tomorrow they're going to tear down Martin Luther King's statue because you never, the, the moral panic of the day is constantly going to shift. So you don't. So when you start saying I don't like this person now, uh, because it's offensive or whatever, everybody should have the opportunity to be as offensive as they want. That's the only reason you have a thing called free speech. See this idea that they put out there, this this new concept, this Orwellian concept of hate speech isn't free speech. Well, that's the only reason you have free speech is to protect hate speech or or speech that is offensive. That is it. There's no reason to protect speech that people agree with. That's the, so when you start saying, oh, let's get rid of this person, best believe they're going to come get rid of you eventually. It was Alex Jones yesterday. Today is Mark, it, it's Farrakhan. Tomorrow it will be you. And by you, I mean whoever is the person they decide we're not going to, we don't like anymore. They've always not liked Farrakhan, but they only use him now because this anti-Semitism thing is kind of the new thing in the news now. So now they've already put Farrakhan as kind of the face of anti-Semitism. And some people call it as 
He's just telling the truth. When people say Alex Jones is just telling the truth, you know what I mean? So who's deciding mm-hmm. who's telling the truth? Who's deciding what is hate speech? Or who gets to make these decisions? You know what I mean? If I can, if I can just ban you for what I don't believe in, eventually you, you are going to, somebody's going to say to me, oh, I don't like what you said. You now need to be banned. And, for, and, and to add to the other point, there are already alternative tech um, um, social media out there that have been built specifically because of the tech censorship over the last four or five years. You have BitChute, you have Gab, and these are basically social media platforms that are already out there designed specifically in response to the tech censorship and the, just the new overall censorship that you see over the last three or four years when you got people going to college campuses the, deciding who can speak and who can't speak and, 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 and equating speech with violence. These are Orwellian concepts that we're, we're dealing in right now. These things that people warned that this is eventually how humans will eventually respond to its environment, left to their own device, and it's exactly what we're doing. When I start first hearing that, yeah, thing, let me jump in right there. Let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in right quick, right quick, because you you said a lot, and I think, and I just want to kind of reiterate just the last thing you said. You say left to their own devices, and now we're talking about you know these are I, I love the thing you bring to the table, Tommy. You know, just from mm-hmm. an overall concept, like you say, a Orwellian um, concepts that have been talked about and pushed and have been issues within society for years. But I just want to add, and we're, I mean, we're talking about it, but when you say left to their own devices, what we never, what was never could be um, expected, even when these concepts came about, you know, for historically, from a historical standpoint, with how, how easy it would be to do due to these social media platforms, these technolog- technological platforms, it becomes even easier, which I think speeds up some of the things that you're bringing to the table, if that makes sense. Go ahead, King. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just it. You know what I mean? There's a there's a reason why um, they want all of your information and, and know who you are just so they can – look, there's an idea that we need to be able to control uh, – it's not a new thing. You know, the idea that we want to be able to control a large masses of people. Well, that's the one way you can do that is to make sure you only have um, – a certain um, set of ideas. Like, for example, in China, you can't just go to any kind of website. They decide what you can see and what you can hear. Same way in places like Cuba. You just don't see everything. They won't allow you to because they want you to keep a certain perspective, no outside point of view. And that's the whole reason why you have a freedom of speech, because the whole concept of it is left to our own devices. People will want to stifle what you have to say if it goes against, particularly against the power structure. There's the whole reason you have a freedom of speech so that you can say F Trump or F Obama or whatever, because in most places, go out there in, in, in almost 90% of the freaking planet and say something bad about the leader and see if you don't just end up missing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, you, so, let me hear what Hillary Let me hear let me. No, absolutely. Let me uh, let Hillary jump in. Any thoughts on what? Tommy's bringing, uh, you know, to the table because, again, I think these are thoughts, and this is partly the reason why I want to do this discussion with the dialogue about the different areas, in a sense, this this could take us because we've done shows concerned about the very thing that Tommy, you know, he's a long-time caller, so we've, we've done shows particularly about freedom of speech, so that is an aspect here. But, Hillary, any thoughts on what Tommy's uh, bringing to the table 
Um, and let me let me throw this out real quick too before I let you go, Queen. Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Boris Watkins he advocates um, black enough, black black enough, black black enough as an um, option as well for alternate social media. So for you know for African Americans not to get their stuff censored as they're constantly having happen on Facebook. So I wanted to throw that out there as well. Go ahead, Hillary. Um, yeah, I mean I, I agree. You know, with uh, he made a lot of good points there, but also like freedom of speech and, and all those types of things, they don't really apply, you know, the same way for black people that they're supposed to. So, um, I mean, I feel like I don't, I wasn't necessarily happy or anything. I mean, I thought it was funny when Alex Jones got banned, but if you don't like someone or you don't like what they say, don't listen to them. Like, that's the solution to that, in my opinion. Even if they're saying something like inciting violence or whatever, just don't listen to it, and then that solves that problem. But for for us, it's it's not the same, you know, they don't have the same criteria that they do for other people. So they just say that Farrakhan is anti-Semitic, although I can't see where he's, you know, done anything that is specifically, uh, you would classify as anti-Semitic, like such as blow up a synagogue that somebody did last summer. He, you know, that wasn't, he wasn't banned off anything prior to that or probably even after that. Um, so they give us different punishments, and they have different criteria before they um, before they implement the punishment. I mean, I don't tell me any response. Uh, to yeah, yeah, you know, go ahead and well, give you a quick response. I got some other callers. I'm going to give you a quick response, and I'm going to go to some other callers. I think a lot of people would disagree with that. I think because people have been make, pointing out Farrakhan for a long time as far as as far as because the, the banning of people from these these. Uh, Social media platforms didn't start like yesterday, two days ago, or whatever. It been people have been getting deplatformed for. This has been a, a big conversation um, going on for the last few years, and Farrakhan was always. And that's, I think that's why he got thrown in there, not not as a token, but because people, all these people who have been, um, um, like one of the ladies was Laura Loomer. She's another person who's been. Uh, been claimed to be anti-Semitic, and uh, she's like, "Well, if I'm anti-Semitic, why why are you blaming me?" But Farrakhan still has a platform, and so people have been pointing uh, pointing Farrakhan as an example of you're not letting certain people get banned, but you're banning us. So it was like I said, this is this was only a matter of time. People like myself and other people have been warning that as long as you're celebrating these other people getting banned, eventually it's going to get one of your people. It's just that's just the nature of it. Once you start, once you because at the end of the day, everybody everybody who's being banned, so to speak, is seen as a threat to their power structure. And if you believe that people like Farrakhan are a threat to the power structure, then you also have to know that eventually they're going to shut him off too, or anybody else they deem as, as a as a threat. So the thing is, is that like I said, no, once, absolutely. Once, go ahead. No, absolutely, man. And you have this classic, I put it up on the Minute Dollar Facebook page, uh, the classic hashtag, I always call it one, I know you just started it, but I mean, you've been saying it for years. Now the rabbit has the gun. And so uh, here where, you know, where I'm in agreement with you is I don't, Hillary, I don't think a lot of people take your approach, which I do as well, the approach of I don't pay attention to stuff that doesn't affect me. But we know that mm-hmm. in a sense, the masses, we're always talking about how attention is, is put towards things, even in specifically for our community, towards things that don't matter. So unfortunately, Hillary, well, I think I might agree with Tommy with this, that there are 
too many of our people who do get caught up and possibly celebrate uh, people that they dislike. Well, I know you're not wasting any time with that. I'm not wasting any time with that. But I do agree that there are a lot of people that are doing that. And so now it's kind of turned the table for those who, who do celebrate, oh, ban this person who I don't like. Or here's the other aspect, and I'm not going to let you go because I know you want to jump in. But the other mm-hmm. aspect is, you know, even the influence in our community of being told who we should and who we should not like. I think that's kind of happening even in the sense from the Farrakhan aspect. You know, many of us, you know, we stand with Mr. Farrakhan, but there are plenty of people who 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 probably don't just because of what they're getting told. So that's the, another aspect of it as well. Thanks a lot, Tom. If you want to get back in, come off the one, and I'll get you back in later. Thanks a lot, Ken. All right. Go to another caller, Henry. Area code six seven eight last three nine two seven. Give us a, your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Uh, Black African power, this is brother. Uh, I'm in Georgia. Uh, what's going on? Cool. Black soccer. Hey, yeah, got a good, got a yeah, yeah, going good. Got about a minute and a half for a break, and then I'll you know if you got to continue, I'll keep you on. Go ahead, King. Just want to give you a heads up. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I don't want to rush through. I want the same kind of ever call a guy. So if you just gotta hold me on hold. <laughs> And then, you know what I'm saying? I don't no, want to rush through it. Yeah, I got a lot of calls. Yeah. We're going to keep it working. We're going to keep it moving, King. But go ahead and yeah, go ahead and start so, your thought, and we'll go to so, break so, and finish so on the back of the break. I, uh, basically, Alex Jones is a pseudo, uh, a whole lot of misinformation, so he he deserved to get up out of there. Um, Farrakhan and them, they they never really cared about black people for real. Remember, they they building a nation of Islam. They want everybody to be Muslims, right, and nation of Islam. They're not worried about Black people, Christians, they're not worried about the atheists. They're not worried about the whole of black people. They was more concerned in building a nation of Islam. And in building that nation of Islam, it's a whole lot of misinformation. So, like, if you're going to fight this battle of information and going against racism, white supremacy, your shit got to be real accurate and real serious and to the point. So uh, Farrakhan didn't promote the Yakub story where basically white people come out the caves and they were genetically bred to be white. That's misinformation. That'll get you put out the game. Uh, he also promotes Scientology to the black community, which is crazy as hell, misinformation. So I don't feel sorry for them based off of the millions of dollars. Okay. Hold on, based off of the millions of dollars that's actually ran through their organization. And since they're a nation of Islam, they should have had their own platform. They got the, they got the final call, which I support, right? Where are their other platforms? What are they doing with the money that they get from all black people? So, no, you should have known they had that coming. It's common sense. Nobody's going to respect it. Yeah, let, me get, let, let me do this, King. Let's do this. Let me do this, King. King, let me jump in. Let's go to the break, and we'll let you finish your thought on the end of the break. We'll be right back. Right. Listen to you, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Heads up, I want to tell. I want you to tell me how you think we, as African Americans, should respond, you know, in addition to, I guess, some of your indictment of, of, of what they're doing. That's all good, King. We'll be right back. Listen to you, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. I said in my lecture, The Crucifixion of Michael Jackson, he was asset rich and cash poor. So if you're going to sell your assets, then you can get liquid. If you don't want to sell your assets, then you borrow against your assets. So the Jewish person with money was always there to loan Michael money. Because Michael was smart enough to buy the catalog of Elvis Presley and the Beatles 
It's worth a billion dollars. So he had it. They were trying to get it from him. He had Neverland. They were trying to get it from him. So he, was, he, he loved nice things, so he spent money because he had it. But then when he needed to save his property, he had to borrow. Now, what is the strategy? See, I have a list of all the NBA owners. See, it's like a plantation. You just a piece of meat throwing balls in hoops. They got dogs. They can do that. And they go in the hoop. Now you the best at doing it. So you're on a plantation. But you're rich. A rich slave. You sharecropping again. LeBron James sharecropper. Now I'm not downing my brother. But he's being used. And as long as he can play like he plays, they want him in Cleveland, they want him in New York, they want him in Chicago, they want him in Miami. So he's good meat, you know. Boy, in this book here, you should see the way they sold us. We have a nigga, 22 years old, strong, skilled in carpentry. We have a nigga wench. How did she get to be sold? She owed her rent and couldn't pay it, so they put her on the block and sold her. It's all here. Look at you today. You can't see how you tore up. You want a home, don't you? Everybody wants a home. So they made it possible for you to get one. No money down. No, all you do is pay interest. How the hell could you accept a deal like that? In three years, the interest now goes up. You didn't see that in the fine print. Now you're in foreclosure. It's a trick. Who's behind it? Wall Street. Who are they? Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Farrakhan Band, how should we respond? Special guest co-host, Hillary Winfield. We have a caller on the line. I want to definitely get to that cut. If you will, Brother Ugg, I'm going to ask you to shoot to how we should respond in reference to it. Again, I think I heard you say, if I heard you correctly, that you're good with these different people being banned. In, in a sense, that's not all you said, um, but Alex Jones being banned and because you feel like they're presenting misinformation. So fair enough. Um, so in a sense, since you agree with it, is, is, should there be a response by the African-American community, in your opinion? Go ahead, Ken. Um, well, I, I mean, the response is always the same, that if you want to talk shit, then you need to have your own shit. So, so, so you can't expect people who actually participate in the transcontinental uh, kidnapping trade, brought you over here, took you to Jim Crow, sharecropping, civil rights, and all that, didn't expect them to give you a fair shake. 
they gave you enough already. And what they gave you is you got the opportunity to do the hell you want to do as black people. We can cut down on all the Gucci products. We can support uh, uh, more black-centered uh, information, black-centered shows based around real information. We could actually do our own thing instead of wanting to get the brand-new cell phone every time we turn around. It's called giving back. White people have mastered the art of giving back. They call it philanthropy, where they actually do things for a community. If we start doing that, who cares about Facebook? Farrakhan, everybody get banned from daggone Facebook. That's not even a big deal, man. But when you got billions of dollars going through your organization, we expect you to have a platform free of religious ideology and just strictly for black people to communicate to each other. We expect that. We can't expect that out of Europeans. Or, or Jewish people, because that's their thing. That's how they get their money. But we expect more out of the nation of Islam. So I'm not crying for them. Where the hell is their platform at? With the billions of dollars that circulate through that particular institution, right, which I support the nation of Islam, although they have a lot of misinformation, but I'm not crying for them. Hell, I got banned off of Facebook. You didn't got banned off. That's nothing. Hell, I, I was starting to think that maybe he was working with them. You feel me? So the fact that he gave, did get put off, that means he's subject to the same forces that we are. You know what I'm saying? So black people need to go ahead, put together their own programs as normal. That, that's supposed to be the order business of the day. Have your own thing. You can do the Facebook thing, but have your own things. But go ahead. You was great to say something. No, you good. I want to let Hillary jump in on anything she's hearing. You know, hearing you say, can't go anything that brought, brought to the table. Any thoughts from you, Hillary? Thank you. Uh, I mean, I already said we need our own platforms, we need our own things, social media and everything else, because we can't rely on them. They're not going to do anything that benefits us that uh, to their own detriment, certainly, or even if it wasn't to their detriment. That's not what their program is about. They're, they, I, I don't know about that whole philanthropy thing. I mean, they have a system of white supremacy, so the whole system is supposed to benefit them. That's what they have. So, And as far as, like, Farrakhan getting banned, I mean, he's also in a system of white supremacy, and he's black. So, yeah, the same things that apply to the rest of black people on Facebook is going to apply to him, too. I don't see, like, a lot of white people getting banned. I've even said, because I've gotten banned so many times, my white friends are always like, they've never gotten banned. And I've seen some stuff on there, I mean, even just violating their uh, pornography or nudity uh, content policies. They never get banned. So white people just don't get banned just for saying things that um, are controversial or even offensive. But black people do, and that would include Farrakhan and any black person, regardless of uh, their stature. But I think he was specifically targeted because he is influential and he moves a lot of people. So it doesn't even matter what he says. I mean, you don't have to agree with everything he says. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that I agree with everything they say. Um but that's not the point. The point is he can move people, and he has a lot of followers, and he's influential to even a lot of young people, which most black people in his age group don't have that kind of pull with young people like he does. So um, I think, you know, the what the previous caller was saying, that you shouldn't celebrate, you know, when people you don't agree with or don't like are banned off Facebook for the things they said. I totally agree with that because, this, uh, like I said, the solution for that is just don't listen to it or listen to it and don't agree with it. You don't need to make it disappear. Just don't listen to it. Like, I just don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't sit there and report everything that he posts or, you know, anything like that. I just don't listen to it. 
but people don't really take Alex yeah. Jones seriously. Like they know Alex Jones is a joke. Right. And so <laughs> one last thing I'll say to you, I'll say one thing I'll say to you and I'll get to another caller. If you're out there on the line and want to get in, please press one. Um, so again, you, you know, you're from the standpoint because it is misinformation, which is kind of what Facebook has kind of used as their foundation for my research initially was, mm-hmm. you know, if something mm-hmm. was basically misinformation and it was in a sense going viral, they didn't want to, mm-hmm. again, this is just again the research that I found, they didn't want that kind of stuff mm-hmm. going forward. So this was a slightly um, different precedent in the sense that you know, they call it objectionable, objectionable speech. Now they're in a sense going after that. And so I'm with Tommy, I'm with Hillary in the sense that I'm not going to applaud it even at all in, in the sense that, um, you know, here's one last concept. Because, for example, Facebook has 2.83 billion users per month, active users mm-hmm. per month. So from a, from, mm-hmm. from a standpoint of what, for example, our last caller, Tommy, was talking about, there's an aspect that, they actually have more control of thought than even our government because um, we haven't even, you know, in a, in a sense, mentioned this, you kind of mentioned the word freedom of speech, and as Hillary clearly said, uh-huh. um, you know, this is not a freedom of speech issue because Facebook is a private entity. So, you know, they're not even affected by the Constitution per se, but when you think about having the mindset of the people, which, is like, which I know is your concern, misinformation getting uh, perpetrated is hurting our community, and I do agree. But ultimately, I'd rather nothing get banned versus be on the side of, you know, in, again, you you have a right to your opinion where you're good with it, but I'm right. on everybody else's side. Like, let it all be out there versus anything getting banned. Is my, and I'll give you one last thought on that. We'll go to the next call. Well, I'm saying, but I think it just goes back to the issue at hand that it's, it, we act like the thing is played fair. It, it never was that. It, it never was played fair, and it was always based off of, uh, products and goods, and we was the products and goods, and they made billions of dollars off of us. And it was it was a global it was a global enterprise, and most people don't even recognize it to being a global center of of money for European nations. And it absolutely was. And so, with that being said and understood, right, like you're not going to get a fair shake, and you're not supposed to get a fair shake. You're supposed to make your own shake. Like like we know who we really are, and if we really know who we are. We know we can design things that will make our communities productive. And we need to learn how to alleviate misinformation, no matter how popular a person is. I talked about Scientology, right? That's very destructive cult. I talked about just wanting to make everybody the nation of Islam. I just talked about the misinformation about how black people came into being. Uh, The whole thing, nappy hair is a curse from God. The whole thing. So the whole thing is crazy. So my question to you, and I got to go, go, yeah, yeah, let you go, brother. I got to let you go. So, yeah, my question to you is, my question to you, yeah, yes, yeah, I got to let you go, brother. My question to you is, do you want that stuff? Do you want that stuff banned? Is my question. Do you want that stuff banned from these platforms? Because that's again, that's just kind of what I'm asking in reference to the things that you feel are misinformation. Me personally, again, me personally, leave up the statues of Alyssa Grant and all, and leave all it up because that's history. So I don't want nothing banned personally. I'm just saying it's very hard and confusing because, like you said, Facebook controls the minds and the hearts of young people. We agree to that. But it's the misinformation that gets more play than the real information. So, no, I want nothing banned, but we got to understand the parameters of what's really going on here. And thank you for the time. Fair enough. All right, thanks a lot, King. 
All right. So before we go to our next break, Queen, I don't know if you can recall kind of some of the stuff that was said in the cut, but just to give you a little background, that was Farrakhan, and it was uh, he was speaking about, in a sense, as he was saying, Jewish control of our athletes and our entertainers. So you heard him talking about Michael Jackson, talking about LeBron James, and then he actually cut to something from one of the books that's been banned from Amazon, a book called Blacks, um, I'm sorry, called Jews Selling Blacks, and he was referencing how in a sense, when we were on the auction block, how it was similar to, you know, how an athlete is being selected. And so, in a sense, and I'm going to give some more examples today, but just, just to give you an idea, that's the kind of discussions that I that are kind of being, again, where Farrakhan is, in a sense, being targeted um, for for talking in that manner. You heard Snoop Dogg say, hey, hey, he's just telling the truth, but, you know, that's a small example where he's, in a sense, and you're going to hear a cut on his next break where he says, hey, they're, they're my enemy. And so that's the kind of talk that I guess Facebook is using to so-called ban you know, a, a Farrakhan. And, of course, there are people out there who probably are celebrating it just as there are people out there celebrating these alt-right um, you know, people being banned. Again, neither one of us agree with the celebration. Again, I'm like you. I don't pay attention to it, but I thought you know some of these concepts were worthy of discussion. Matter of fact, let me just shoot to this next break, and again, you will hear another cut from Farrakhan that may bring some context when you were saying, I don't know what he says, that would even, you know, have bring him in his light. These are just, you know, small examples. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing with him, but I think this is what's even the type of cuts that are being used against him, per se, if that makes sense. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. about the wicked ones in the Jewish community that run America, run the government, run the world, own the banks, own the, the means of communication. They are my enemies. But as sure as I'm alive, my enemies will be made my footstool. And so will yours. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, 
Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Stocky Pete, along with special guest co-host Hillary Winfield. This morning's discussion question, Farrakhan Band, how should we respond? As you just hear, again, one of the cuts that may be what Facebook or whoever who owns it, what they're using to say, hey, he's advocating um, hate uh, and things of that nature. Some would say, hey, it's just truth. I think Tommy Bottoms made a great point earlier saying, hey, what someone would say, hey, it's just truth. That could be labeled different ways, but again, being aware that uh, you know this type of censorship, you know, obviously it would be illegal if it was through the government, but this is a private entity. But this type of censorship is possibly something that maybe we, in a sense, should be concerned about. And the idea this morning is what should be our response, Hillary, and another caller would say, "Hey, we got to get our own platforms." Um, definitely respect that. Um, but as you hear that cut, Hillary, any. Any credence to, uh, well, even I should say credence, but context to uh, maybe what's being used against Erica. And we're going to hear some more cuts as well, but I'm just kind of bringing them to the table to 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 get an understanding of, in a sense, what's being used, uh, quote unquote, against him. If that makes sense. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Uh, I mean, my position is I don't listen to anything white people say. They just use I might not say so. Uh, Farrakhan in that clip said that Jews own the banks and the media. Those are all true because Zuckerberg is Jewish and he owns Facebook and he said he has almost half the world's population on his website. Um, they controlled the banks. The banks obviously had a lot to do with, um, they were heavily involved in the slave trade as since they had the slaves come to Wall Street and auctioned them off from there. And in our society today, the, all the uh, basketball, football, all those drafts are, and uh, organizations are run like plantations, and a lot of the owners are Jewish. And if they're the enemy, it's because of what they do. They get to benefit off of the labor um, and talents of black people, which is what this entire country is based on. And even then, he didn't say to do any harm to these people, but they're just saying, I might not say so. He's never advocated to my knowledge, any violence against anybody, or even if he did, that anyone actually executed any violent acts against Jewish people or any other people that he, um, you know, said does harm to black people, because he, I believe in the past, has also pointed out how Asians and other um, ethnic minorities, uh, you know, they open these corner stores and liquor stores and black neighborhoods and don't put anything back in, and that is harmful to the black community as well. But there's just, I might not say so. So whatever they say, like, I don't care what they say. I don't listen to it. I don't give it any credence whatsoever because they're always going to make up some reason as to why they have to harm a black person. So it's just, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care what they say. I don't believe him to be anti-Semitic in the classical sense of the word because they let all these other people that do actually um, bring harm to people skate all the time. So, you well, know, I guess, I guess, you know, I guess for the sake of this, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, they let these people skate all the time, and they do actually harm people. So he's never harmed anyone. No one has ever harmed anyone in his name. So, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just I might not say so. So here's here's one part of the context that, I'm, that I guess I'm struggling with for, for the sake of this conversation, knowing that this, banning of these, in a sense, people with large platforms all at once. Again, that's what, and when I even mentioned in the beginning of the show that I was surprised, just surprised in just in the fact of just hearing about it. I think everybody that's been calling in saying, hey, we've seen it coming. 
definitely seen it coming, and it's not abnormal for, in a sense, this type of control of speech happening. Like, this is not, you know, obviously not abnormal. So not surprised, you know, from that standpoint, but just that it all happened at once. Well, right now at this moment, you are seeing people not skate, as you say, that are getting you know, pushed off of the site who haven't advocated for violence either. So I'm just, I'm just kind of, only thing I'm the balance that I'm trying to bring with that part of the conversation in this moment, this is happening even without the, the idea of that someone's advocated for, for violence. I'm just kind of, you know, just kind of bringing that um, smaller point, you know, to the table. What's your thoughts? I thought Brother Up made a good point in this sense, um, as far as uh, Farrakhan having a platform. And obviously that's part of the reason he was targeted, as y'all, as y'all said, uh, what about the idea that that maybe his platform is large enough to have already done some of what y'all are calling for today? That was a you know quite a different thought. I know you said earlier you don't know if we were in position to do it, um, but but the uncle's saying that maybe Farrakhan possibly has already been in position um, to do it. Any thoughts? You know, I thought that was interesting. Thought I just want to see what you thought about that as well. Well, I hope so. I mean, even before this. The writing was already on the table. Our problem is we don't want to do any of the work or make any of the sacrifice to make it happen. So you just go along and stay on Facebook and all these other ones because it's there and it's more convenient and you don't have to do anything but sit there and use it. You don't have to get up, collect, or raise all the money because it would take probably like a billion or more dollars to make a a site comparable to Facebook. Um, But even if you we're starting small. You don't even. We don't even want to do that. Like it's just too much work. We are work averse when it comes to doing something for our benefit, out and so that we can have control over it. I think that we do not want to ultimately have control because that also brings a lot of responsibility. Like you have responsibilities when you are in charge, and if you're not in charge and you just let Facebook handle everything for you, then you can whine and complain like a kid does when they don't get their way, but you aren't in control of anything. You aren't in charge. So it's either you want to be in charge and get to set the rules and um, issue the punishment and be in charge, or you're just supposed to sit here and be childlike forever. So and for anybody out there listening on the line, make sure you press 1 to let us know you want to speak, if you want to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Please press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So as I'm listening to you, Queen, I, I remember in the beginning you kind of said, hey, the, the amount of money, in a sense, you know, obviously was a lot. Now, um, when I think about these platforms, Instagram and Facebook, in a sense, how they came to market, well, in a sense, we probably would have to take a more collective approach. And I hear you say, hey, we're not, in a sense, willing to do the work to do so. Um, the reality is we're competing with people who only needed, in a sense, in a sense, a few people to, in a sense, have enough money to even get into this game. And I'm just getting, I'm just kind of talking talking it out like you know what i'm saying does that make sense that in a sense that when we think of a observe a mark how you say his name mark um um Zerberger, i think i'm saying his name correctly but either way when you think of how they started in a sense it started with a smaller group of friends who could put up enough money to even go into this i think we have people who are willing to do that um, but sometimes it is definitely 
competitive, you know, it's competitive to compete with the market, you know, in that sense. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying the idea of suggesting we wouldn't want to do that. I think there are people who are wanting to do it. It's just that, but maybe not at the scalability. At this, you know, any thoughts on that? That there are people who are trying to do it. Like I said, black enough, and there's a couple of other platforms that are black owned, from what I understand. But again, you know, there's a market, obviously, in a sense, monopolized almost by a Facebook and an Instagram per se. So it's that type of market that you know that we're trying to jump into. And then one last thought, just to throw this out there. Uh, well, no, let me let you jump in right there, and I'll ask you another question after that. Before I know, I know you only got a few minutes. So I want to get one more question in before you go. Um, I mean, are you going to come up with something that's on the scale of Facebook, you know, immediately? No. <laughs> I mean, Facebook didn't even right. start that way. It's, it's, he started exactly. that, like, well over 10 years ago, like maybe 15 years ago, and now it's here. So, right. but we don't want to take the time that it's going to take to build it. It's like, I want it all right here, you know, no assembly required, just put it here right now. <laughs> when I, I saw that Facebook movie about um you know, what was that about eight years ago or so? And he was in his dorm room doing this stuff. Like it wasn't anything fancy. And he had right. a vision though. He kept uh, getting investors and getting money and doing all this. He didn't put. It's not all his own money. He got a large investor to invest in his idea. And you know, it was popping. But we don't want to do any of that. We don't want to have to take fifteen or twenty years to get. To you know where it is today, we want it right now, and it's just yeah, you're right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we're definitely slaves. Yeah, we're definitely slaves to convenience. That's what we're definitely an American concept. We got a caller. I'm gonna try to get this caller in um, before you go, Queen. I know you gotta go at the top of the hour. Area code four eight zero last three three one four. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Oh, we just lost that caller. The phone just dropped. Okay, well, I'll ask you one quick question before you go. I mean, thank you for coming on for this first hour. I hope I got all these callers out here. I need y'all to get in, so give us your three cents. Anybody wants to get in, please press 1. My call is at 646-787-1691. But, yeah, as I was saying, uh, Queen, I definitely – Agree to a certain sense. It's definitely a instant gratification um, type society, and we're all in a sense susceptible to it. And so, a lot of the work, in a sense, that's going to be required on our end is, I would say, to in a sense raise people who understand the long game, and 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 that there's effort that's going to have to be put in that from a mindset. Because without the mindset change. We are going to be up against, in my opinion, we are going to be up against the convenience of Facebook already being here, um, you know, again. And so I I think there are people who are willing to do the same work as a, as, as the individuals did and who are looking to get those investors. I see those people every day. I think we, we do have people who are willing to do the work. I'm more concerned about us as consumers supporting them because, again, it's easier to go with convenience. And so in that sense, our mindset has to, in my opinion, change for oh, those of us who are just going to take advantage of the of the things that others, in a sense, build or build for us. Then it's our mindset and how we support them 
And I'm appreciate you saying some of that as well. I'm just saying that we do have individuals who are willing to do the work. I think you are one of those people. You're one of those people who are willing to do the work, if I can say that before I let you go, Queen. Any final thoughts before we go to the top of the hour? And, and again, I hate to lose you for the hour, but thank you for, you know, standing in with me for the first hour, Queen. Uh, well, again, thanks for having me, and I certainly hope there are people willing to do the work. I know I would support because I hate Facebook, and uh, I'm not even on IG. So, <laughs> you know, if there was an alternative that was not a hostile environment like Facebook was or is, I would totally be on board with that. So, you know, I hope this would inspire people to realize we need our own platform and somehow get the, the funds to make it because if you make it like if you build it they'll come so you know it's like facebook he just had it on his um, own uh, campus a school and then you know now it's got half the world's population on it so you know just just build it people will come hey if you're out there listening hillary says she will be supporting you if you build it and, and i'm with her i'll be right there with you so you will find supporters <laughs> if you build it all right thank you queen again for being with us we're going to go to the top of our break Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. So much regret. How I dealt with you. You're a package to be handled with care. You're like a team. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. You just heard a cut from one of our sponsors, Taylor Pace. One last time, please go follow them on YouTube at Square Business Entertainment. It's every 30 days they drop a new hit. I love this real R&B music that our sponsor is presenting to us. Uh, every 30 days, we've got a couple songs we've been playing the last few weeks, so I hope y'all are loving it just as much as I am. This morning's discussion question, Farrakhan, band, how should we respond? We just had special guest Hillary Winfield with us for the first hour, and she said our response is African American should be. It's time to build our own so we're not left at the, you know, at the control of others, uh, which is definitely something that quite often gets advocated anytime see these type of issues happen, whether whether it's related to social media or in real life, we're constantly talking about the need to build our own. Um, some of the other responses that I saw um, this week, and again, this is what made me say, hey, let me jump on the show and let's talk, talk these things out. Um, some were saying that um, some were even calling for the concept of even boycotting, and then others were saying, well, don't boycott, but every chance you get, take Farrakhan's word and put them his his videos and his um, quotes and put them all on the platform yourselves since in a sense um, Minister Farrakhan has lost his accounts um, on those two 
And so um, that's definitely something that I would, in a sense, love to anybody call in and dialogue about in a sense of if if that's going to be the response. If we don't, in a sense, have an alternative in place as we speak, um, how do people feel about the idea of, in a sense, boycotting Facebook or the other alternative, again, I saw people going back and forth, where we should just flood both of those, um, Facebook and Instagram, with quotes and videos from Africa. And I wonder, you know, which which one of those would be more effective? I asked some people on my Facebook page, you know, how should we respond? And that was the concept. What would be effective with the one that would actually move people? And I wonder in you know, and anybody out there listening, please call in and give me your thoughts. But I wonder, do any of you believe any of those would change, for example, possibly even a Facebook's response? Um, just for, for example, one aspect when it comes to Alex Jones, who, as we already know, I've already talked about, initially was banned on Facebook well over a year ago. And then now he's been banned on Facebook and IG. So in a sense, his name was thrown in this, this recent um, ban. Well, he still went Facebook Live just this week after being banned. So it's not as necessarily easy, even for Facebook itself, to even necessarily be able to stop or uh, ban people with such large platforms that easily. And you know, obviously, a lot of these people use this, use these platforms to make their money. And so when we start talking dollars, that becomes another aspect of it. If we're gonna see this type of thing continue, which ends up being another, you know, another aspect of it. You know, now it's Farrakhan. Who else might it be? You know, will it be others who begin to build platforms? And in a sense, you know, for the most part, if you're trying to monetize your platform, then it definitely become a serious factor in how well you can do financially. And so that's another aspect when you talk about boycotting versus not boycotting. If if, if the community says we need to boycott in support of a Minister Farrakhan, but you have a platform in which you use a Facebook or IG to make a lot of money, then that becomes, you know, in a sense, that dilemma. Often the people who are calling for you know, boycott are typically not those in a position making money on the platform. So in a sense, people will say it becomes easy for you to call for a boycott when the money I'm making is not feeding my family. And, again, that's the type of sacrifices that are always, in a sense, being considered anytime you use that term boycott, per se. But, again, I definitely saw that train of thought. But what I'll say is when I saw that train of thought, I did a little research. And what I already kind of mentioned earlier in the last hour, that right now Facebook has 2.83 billion active users each month, monthly. And so in the United States, for example, if every if every child to adult had a Facebook account, we would we would equate to one percent of Facebook's users. And that's worldwide. That's two point eight three billion. Let me you know, let's make put it in fair context. That is worldwide. But even if all African Americans. I'm not saying we shouldn't boycott. I'm just talking about the concept when, we, when we're when we're advocating for these different responses. Sometimes, uh, you know, we've talked about boy, you know, even the idea of boycotting. And if you've heard any of my YouTube, you go to the Dollar Facebook page. I have a, a, a piece talking about the concept of boycotting, and I 
personally advocate boycotting on a local level. I don't think it's too effective on a national level. And so that same concept applies you know, right now for those who are saying, hey, we should boycott Farrakhan. I even saw one other concept by one friend who said, at a minimum, uh, Farrakhan should take, in a sense, his his NOI community with him and also Facebook. And I think the suggestion was made from the standpoint that, it, you know, in a sense that it might hurt Facebook's bottom line. And, you know, that was they didn't say that particular, but that's kind of what I insinuated from it. But again, when you start putting the numbers in context, it's every child right now in America, every baby to elderly person had a Facebook account right now and left Facebook all at once. It would literally only be 1% of their worldwide users. And, and again, doing a little more research, I think they increased 8% from last year to this year on the amount of users. So it is currently still the largest platform, Instagram is up to a billion users, and now, of course, they've acquired that, and they own that as well, but again, it's just putting even these different responses in context, because uh, I don't think anybody that's an African-American who's been through a personal ban, as Hillary said, even your own opinions can get you banned, whether you agree with why they banned you or not, you know, we see that happening all the time within our community. And, you know, what happens is typically you get your ban and you come right back to it because, again, that's how you reach the most people. And so, um, you know, with that said, if, if this were to continue to happen, you know, now it's a Farrakhan, who else might it be? Would it become a point where people are saying, yeah, we need to leave it? And I'm actually, to be honest, I'm kind of like Hillary. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but I use it for my mental dialogue platform. So that's kind of what I do as well. But it, it comes down to it, and we decided to leave we're 1%. And, again, that was if under the fantasy that every child and every adult African-American could have one. Now, of course, you know, to, you know, to be fair, 2.83 worldwide, obviously there are plenty of people on the, on a, you know, back in the motherland who are also using, you know, the Facebook platform. Um, but the reality is we are, I don't think, as a, I think we can admit the African diaspora is not connected to the to the extent that if we're calling because of somebody in America who's been banned, or if we specifically let's talk about a Minister Farrakhan, who and I'm, I'm not going to bring any of these cuts to play, but there are even concepts where there's division between, in a sense, how he how he sees history. And in a sense, what is actually taking place on 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 in Africa, and so you have cuts where, in a sense, for as much as a minister Farrakhan, who again I do not advocate this ban. Let me say that first and foremost. But as much as, in a sense, that community the NOI has done for the African American community, he has some concepts on how he sees, in a sense, some of our African brothers and sisters that they they have a great disdain for a minister Farrakhan. So I'm bringing that to the table to say that even if we were connected with our brothers and sisters across the African diaspora and with our brothers and sisters back home in the motherland, if we were all connected, but Farrakhan is the person we use as our catalyst to say we're leaving Facebook to include them, Unfortunately, I don't know that that will work too well based on 
And as a matter of fact, Brother Unk mentioned just in a sense some of the, as he called it, pseudo history in which even the NOI from an ideological standpoint, some of what they use for history, he calls it Brother Unk, who's part of the Amara squad, just to give a little context for that brother, they're very scientific literate. And so quite often, as he mentioned earlier, if you heard Brother Unk come on earlier, mention his disdain for that type of misinformation. So in a sense, historically, he's definitely not in agreement with how Farrakhan sees us historically again. Obviously, nobody could ever say Farrakhan doesn't exude black pride. Like, that would be the last thing you could say about him. But again, Brother Unk would challenge him on his historical concept of where we as African Americans come from. And so, in that challenge, that's where you, in my opinion, if we were even able to request our African brothers and sisters to be a part of a boycott, I do agree they probably would not take place if we're using a Brother Farrakhan as our catalyst for boycotting a, you know, a Facebook or an IG. Definitely would love to get some of your thoughts in. Please press 1 if you're on the line and want to get in on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Please press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'd love to get your thoughts on the idea of possibly our response being boycotting uh, uh, Facebook as a community and would it be effective. Uh, maybe, and as I've already mentioned, numbers-wise, it probably wouldn't be that effective since we're technically only 1% of Facebook, it really left the net to be honored as African-Americans. But if we were to boycott, would it possibly speed up our process of using a black enough, for example, one of Dr. Boyce Watkins advocates a, a website that's specifically for us, by us, and you don't get banned for your free opinion and things of that nature. So if we were to boycott, would we then seek a alternative? Um, speaking of that, it reminds me of a brother, Baba. Um, um, I'm trying to think of his name right now. I can't, I can't think of his name, unfortunately. Uh, Kaba, I think it's Kaba Amin. That brother, I remember one time he said this about, for example, the most famous boycott, which is obviously the Montgomery bus boycott. He, he said this about that particular boycott. He said, while although it was, it was considered very successful, and obviously it did because they achieved their goal. I think it took 386 days, if I'm correct about it. But something Brother Kabbalah Amin said about that particular boycott was as successful as it was. This was it was a success on one level, but a failure on this level in the sense that after 386 days, why after a full year of not riding, why didn't we have our own bus line in place? Like that would have been the real success story versus breaking down and in a sense now we're back able to get rides on the bus and ride we sit wherever we want. Why didn't we have our own? So even at that time when we look at you know in a sense our brothers and sisters coming together and a lot of times we'll say hey they were more willing to come together and had less. You know we have social media it's easy to get the word out. But we'll look at ourselves and say, hey, we won't come together on things. I hear that type of comments all the time. 
Uh, but even, you know, at that time, which I, I we stand on their shoulders, so I applaud those ancestors. I do consider that a success story, too. But I remember the first time I heard Kaba Amin say that, I was like, wow, you know, that's even, um, you know, that would, in a sense, would have been an even bigger victory. And I've even learned more history um, since that time. I'm going to go to another break, and I'll share, um, you know, some of that history. As a matter of fact, uh, we got a I got Brother Pinocchi, who I was about to share something he had shared on the show, so I'll let bring him on after the break, and maybe he'll he'll share his concepts on the concept of boycotting, and if that were to be our response to Farrakhan bans, how should we respond? You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think we'll be right back. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. I said in my lecture, the crucifixion of Michael Jackson. Yes, sir. He, I said in my lecture. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning, discussion question. Farrakhan, Dan, how should we respond? Got Brother Pianchi on the line. Get him on and see what he has to say. Good morning, King. Good to have you back on the show. What you got for us this morning? Give us your three cents. Glad to hear it. Well, if I laid it out on a piece of paper, it's about nineteen points. So, but you know, oh, okay, uh, okay. Well, let's get, let's do a couple of them. <laughs> ahead, well, please. see, yeah, if you don't get all of them, you, then you continue to make the same mistakes. But no, uh, Farrakhan bans is not anything new. You have. To, He's been banned before from, from countries even. Uh, and people talking about boycott. Well, you're going to boycott, boycott someone to do you right, yet and still you're going to still be using their platform or what they're providing. And uh, Tony Martin, I don't know if you know him or not, he was banned from coming to London to speak by uh, the mayor of London. I think his name was Livingston. So these these things are not new. Uh, you've had Khalid Muhammad banned from speaking at American universities because the donors were Jewish groups, and they have the ability to do that. If you're really mad at what Farrakhan has happened to him, then the things that they profess, you will put in place, work toward them. 
like your own schools and so on and so on. You made mention about the bus boycott. Blacks did have a very outstanding, highly efficient and profitable bus company called the Safe Bus Company that was out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. E.D. Nixon, who was part of the boycott team, wanted to bring the Safe Bus Company to Montgomery, but the other blacks there did not want to do that. They wanted to make the people that they was targeting to do right about them. Now, you want to stay away from this stuff about anti-Semites. The word is not used right. I'm going to go through these real quick. These discussions about race relations, you want to stay away from them too. Now, you have seen these attacks leading up to what we see going on with Farrakhan and Alex Jones and so on and so on through these attacks on white supremacy, these attacks on white nationalism, the alt-right, and blacks, per se, who support Donald Trump. See, when you attack somebody else's stuff, and especially if you're in a weak position economically and otherwise, well, they got the ability to do the same thing to you. And we've seen blacks that were climbing up on statues of soldiers and Columbus and so on and so on with the cry that taking that going back in the history, removing statues of doctors that exist back in history, removing songs like Kate Smith's song uh, goes back in the 1930s. That is a progressive liberal movement that we see going on in this country. Hell, China bans Facebook, don't they, and other Western media sources? Yep, they do. Yep, yep, you do. Yeah. They do. Why do they do that? They do it for a particular reason, because you have the ability to change the overall thought pattern of a large population of their country, which will in the future become a problem. We that was moves against African-centered education. You had Gary Orfield of the Harvard Project, P.D. Hirsch, who's an author. You had Diane Ravitch, even up until 2011 when we started, helped start a African-centered school in St. Louis called Pomoji. You read the article, and I sent it to you. The Post-Dispatch listed what she said about having that type of education, those type of schools, because what does it do? Well, it's, they segregate the population, but it's not forced segregation. It's what they call de facto segregation. This is where people choose to be. Isn't it the same thing like this is what people choose to say? Your NAACP NAACP is the same way. They was against that type of education. They are against blacks having choice. It's the same thing with just a different cloak on. So, yeah, and here, you know, know, real quick, I mean, what you, I mean, I mean, the reality is, um, people are to a certain extent. I, you know, we got, we definitely have a, you know, I, I'm gonna be fair before I say this. Um, to a certain extent, we know there is unfortunately historical reasons why some of us, in a sense, have been stuck in the same neighborhoods for a long time. We know that that, you know, in a sense, was systemic to a certain extent. But for the most part, even when People, in a sense, are moving to areas. They're still choosing to do that anyway. Like they do, they're choosing to do it anyway. So to you in Atlanta, aren't how you? to train? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, yep, yeah. So to tell I've somebody seen a how documentary. to train. 
you know, I don't want to break your thoughts, but I've seen a documentary wait, 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 wait. where a lady was buying a property in Atlanta. And she said that one of the reasons why she liked the particular property that, that she bought is because the the area was majority black. I don't know if it's DeKalb County or something like that. But that's her yeah, choice. Yeah, that's what she wants to do. I could live practically anywhere I want to, maybe not like I used to, but I choose to live around people that look alike me. It's nothing wrong with that. But some people don't like that. It bothers them to see an all-black school. It bothers them to hear you talking the way you talk. There's nothing wrong with if people want to talk. The thing is, is what Farrakhan said. Here's the problem. is people just listen and enjoy the conversation. It's entertaining to them to hear somebody talking about the white man. On the back of their newspaper, I believe it's number nine. The things that it says do, that's where the work comes in. Do what they talk about doing. Nation of Islam had over a quarter of a million people back in the 1950s during the time of Elijah Muhammad. I think now they're down okay. to 20,000. So what happened? You understand what I'm saying, young man? Well, people get comfortable. All these other things is a lot of work. I wouldn't be boycotting Facebook. Start your own social media. But to do that requires all these other things to be put in place. You got to have an education system going on with your young people. I ain't talking about from kindergarten to 12th grade because at some point in time they have to have skills. But you have to indoctrinate your young people to think, well, not to think, but to behave a certain way when they get to a point in their life where they can make these choices on their own. If you got them behaving that way, then you can put these other things in place that needs to be in order to support your own media platform. Well, that's the foundation, Brother Pianchi, because you talk about it all the time. And I I just want to reiterate what you're talking about. Some people may hear it. You know, like you say, we use the word in doctrine, right? People kind of sometimes that can have a negative connotation to some people, not everybody. But I want to just say that that often a lot of our frustration, I, and I think you would agree with this, a lot of the frustration that sometimes we have within our own community on how we respond is we're trying to do it without the foundation of of, of culture from a from a certain extent, and so a lot of our focus has to be on, in a sense, what you're talking about. And a lot of people will hear that as if you're saying, you know, people can't be individuals and things of that nature. You know, we're not saying that at all and never, 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 never anything that's advocated for a culture works for everybody in the culture. And so none of us are saying that. But I tell me if you agree with this, as, a, as an overall African-American community, because we don't have enough focus on those, that those early years, from from a kind of a, a value system standpoint, that because we're so worried about individuality, we're not pushing, in my opinion, enough culture to be prepared for these very moments we don't like. What are your thoughts on that, brother? Well, that is true. But see, when you do try to push the culture, and I, I think I've been around trying to do that or involved in movements of trying to do that, and I have talked about the ACE program, African Centered Education not only in the private school, but then they tried to move it into public schools. 
you have pushback from your own people, especially the vanguard organizations like the NAACP, organizations like the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers. That's a very hard nut to defeat. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you the way it is. No, it makes sense. You know, it's one thing before the break. It's it's one thing, it's one thing to read this stuff, but then you got people who actually walk through that book in real life. What you reading? You got people who have experienced these things. Blood, sweat, and tears, and disappointments. You see, it's one thing to talk about yeah. this because you another thing I, I, I see. I see these same rehashings coming up, popping up all over the place, like you got these Ados talking about reparations, not knowing that this ain't nothing new. Why not study what happened in the past so that you can understand how to approach it and be prepared for the obstacles you're going to face in the future and today? So let me, no, let me throw this, this out there, and let me throw this out there. Ahead, no, that's a good question. Let me just throw this out there. It's kind of a it's kind of a side thought, but it's fair, and I'm glad you brought it up. And I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Now, you, you, like you said, just the idea of ADOs just bring it up very quickly. Um, I when you when you said why not study, I think at least from the people I'm getting my information from, I'm willing to say that those in a sense that have created the term, I may I may be wrong. But I think they have studied the history, and of course, we're in a world where a lot of misinformation gets out there, that kind of thing. So I, I hope, in my opinion, I don't know if you've seen the originators of it, but at least the least from people that I think are the source, I think they are doing that, and so that is what they're using as a foundation. It doesn't mean they're going to make every right decision. But I do think they are doing that, at least from what I can tell. You may have seen something different, so that, to be fair to you, but I think the originators of it are trying to do that very thing, just so you know. Well, there's two opinion. ways to get reparations in this country. One is judicially. The other is politically. And in the past, neither one of those have worked to the greatest extent for the simple reason, because you are basically coming from a point of weakness trying to go up against somebody with a point of strength. It's the same thing we're saying now. Let's boycott. Boycott for what? Boycott to make those who have provided you with the platform, now they say you can't have it no more, they let you have it again. But in the future, you would act out a certain way. You know, Donald Trump just passed an executive order, whereas universities cannot attack conservative speech on their campuses. It has always yeah, been that. Conservative speech. Not, in other words, you got liberal thoughts. You have progressive thoughts on your college campuses. And your, the kids that go there have to filter that out and concentrate on the skills that they're trying to attain, especially those who are coming from quote-unquote conservative backgrounds. Right, so absolutely. anyway, thank you for your three cents this morning. And you know, we'll real quick, break. real Definitely. quick, real quick. I know I'm going okay, up against great. the break. Look at what happened to Judge Kavanaugh, Judge Moore, and Bill Cosby. It's the same type of rhetoric that's going on where they're trying to sanitize how you act, wanting you to act out in a certain conform way. Going back in past times, trying to ridicule and indict people for what was going on in the past, which was acceptable to the public at that time. You can't do that. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, we got to be smarter about it, and that's why we have these discussions on dial, you know, mental dialogue to to at least help our truth seekers and people like yourself, you know, or bring or have you bring those thoughts to share with people to say, hey, we got to be careful of what's happening because, in a sense, the masses are being led by these, in a sense, large conglomerates. So we got to have these, you know, these different voices out here that can be able to kind of go against that, and you know, and at least have our people be smart about how they're raising their children. That's the goal here, so that everybody knows. Thank you so much for your recent this morning, Brother Pierre. We're going to next break. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you pick. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, "I Really Want You" by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. If you're loving this as much as I am, be sure to go to their YouTube page and subscribe. Search for Square Business Entertainment. They are also rewarding their fans with a new release every 30 days. Here's another one by Taylor Pace. Love can't define this. Love can define this. Can capture all your sweetness and your kindness. Love can define it. We're crippled in love with only blind us. Well, love can define I said, first, I would like to be your friend. I said, that's why I'm here. I said, but you wanted to watch me and listen to my words and follow my deeds for a protracted period of time. So I respectfully say to you that your people have done more evil to mine than we have done to you. So maybe we need to watch you for a protracted period of time Watch your words and your deeds before we even desire to be a friend. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Farrakhan, Dan, how should we respond as you hear another cut from brother, Mr. Farrakhan? He's actually talking about a, a meeting he had with some Jewish rabbis and people in that community early 2000, maybe yeah, at the turn of the century, per se, where he was asked to denounce a book called The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. Those books have currently been banned on Amazon. And so he's talking about, in a sense, uh, a meeting he was having with the idea of some reconciliation um, based on that book that's been put out. They asked him to denounce it. And what they had told him was that you know, they will have to watch him over a period of time to see, in a sense, what he, how he speaks. And, he, and what they're saying, in a sense, to their community. And, he, you know, he flips it and says, well, hey, you know, in reality, based on history, we should watch you or whatever. And so he, so he basically said, I'm not going to acquiesce to these demands just to have a friendship. And so, anyway, these are the type of things that have led to, in a sense, Farrakhan being la- labeled you know, anti-Semitic, and obviously, uh, you know, that's a term now that, and, and we saw even one of the alt-right 
people. One of the one of them that got banned was again she was considered anti-Semitic, so she's been banned. And again, if you're just now tuning in, Facebook has a right to do this as a private entity. And so, uh, but as Brother Piaki said, even though even the concept of you know, if the idea is to boycott, and not the thing about this, people haven't been calling for that in mass. I just seen that as one of the responses as I was preparing for this show. But for those who think that way, as Brother Piaki said, hey, you're fighting people to be a part of something. Um, you know, in a sense, they still have control, and in reality, if they could just do it to you, quote unquote, again, in a sense, when you fight to be a part of something, in a sense, that's theirs or that they own. So there's always, uh, you know, a, a a response that some quite often gets called for, but I would say is not always thought out. The other response that I mentioned earlier in the hour was people saying, hey, you know, no need to boycott, but let's keep the minister's words alive on Facebook and on Instagram. I can admit over the last few days I've been enjoying it, whereas I've, you know, again, you know, Farrakhan says a lot of things that make sense and that we can relate to, obviously, in our community. And so we play his cuts on this show, and we're obviously playing them today as well. So I've actually enjoyed uh, people who have taken that approach. And we're going to keep keep, keep um, Farrakhan alive, even though he's lost his accounts. So I've actually enjoyed that. Um, what The only comment that we made, as in a sense, the Million Dollar Community Club was, the thought from one of our earlier callers, Brother Tommy Bottoms, the concept of now the rabbit has the gun. And it's just being very aware of the things that Brother Pianchi was just talking about, being very aware of how, in a sense, media is used, in a sense, really against the public. You know, obviously we're concerned about the African-American community and so how it can, you know, in a sense, be used against our community. Here's the, the thing. While we're always concerned about, in a sense, concerted attacks on our community and how media is misused to represent us, these are things that obviously we know are true or know to be true. What I would say, in a sense, is if you are, in a sense, distracted by the social media and TV and things like that, sometimes you become unaware of how you, in a sense, will participate in your own demise when it comes to having a voice. And this kind of goes back to anybody out there who, in a sense, may have celebrated, the, the in a sense, the, demanding, the demanding or the dismissal of someone that you didn't like. I, I did a, for example, I did a post uh, on the Mental Dialogue YouTube page um, talking about, in a sense, the situation that happened with uh, Candace Owens. And and when, if you recall, she had made some comments that, in a sense, the media was trying to say she was in support of Hitler. And I did that video saying, well, if you, you know, if you saw her initial thoughts, I thought, in a sense, her initial thoughts were not clear enough. So I could see how people, you know, in a sense, started down that path. But if you saw her response to it, she made it very clear she did not support. Now, by the time that it's getting pushed in the media and the mass media, I would venture to say most people didn't hear her response that made that clear. So in a sense, she got labeled. And as I was saying in the video, it wasn't even about me defending her personally. 
because there are plenty of people within the African American community who don't like how she, you know, in a sense, how she presents herself and politically and things of that nature. And so, but what I was saying on the video was whether you like her or not, become a bit more aware of the tactic, because the tactic is the issue. The tactic of basically taking a sound bite, taking this information and saying, hey, this person is now the enemy. If we don't become aware of how easy that tactic can, as Tommy Bottom says, the rabbit now has the gun. If you don't become aware of how that tactic can easily be used against you and taking it down to the lowest level, we literally are in a, a world in which if you still have any concerns, for example, of what goes on, for example, with the prison industry of uh, the prison industry and mass incarceration. So even something such as what we're talking about now, you see such a high, you know, high well-known figure, I should say, as a Farrakhan trying to relate. And if we don't become aware of the tactics, how it could affect your everyday life, is it could easily one day take a little bit of misinformation for somebody who maybe we are a fan of in our community, and they can take a little bit of misinformation, turn them into the enemy, and now they're in jail because society has made the concept of banning people because of their words, for example, if we, in a sense, normalize that. Clearly, as we've clearly said with this situation, Facebook is not the government, so, you know, Facebook doesn't have to fall under our Constitution but when you think of platforms this large who have the control of minds, if we don't become aware of how this is not a good thing, it could actually be used against possibly your own family or people that you advocate even in your local community can become the enemy. And because we have become, in my opinion, more susceptible to misinformation, which was Brother Unk's concern in the last hour, because we as a, because we become more susceptible to it, then it becomes even easier to make someone the, the enemy. If if you've ever even taken the time, for example, to study COINTELPRO when it comes to, you know, our historical figures such as Martin Luther King or Malcolm X and even seeing the efforts that were made back then because after 50 years that stuff becomes public. So if you ever take the time to go look at some of that information and see the tactics that were used, and, you know, now I'm talking about the government, of course, but it even been used by our government to, in a sense, demonize, you know, their their past, you know, them as humans to, to kind of demonize. The same thing was done to the Black Panthers. And so while we're very aware that, our, in a sense, our government has, in a sense, been behind some of those things when it comes to some of our um, civil rights leaders, when we, you know, we were aware of that kind of stuff, well, in a sense, I think we have to now become aware that it may not be the government. You know, while again, this you know, this is not protected on Facebook's private entity, but I think we have to be aware of how, in a sense, social media, and and as Brother P.F. also pointed out, how China, for example, doesn't let their people even use Facebook at this moment, and so censorship can become a extremely negative thing that you have to be careful of what you are applauding because it could turn on you and eventually affect your lives locally. It's, and I hope what I'm saying is, you know, making a lot of sense. But that's why, in my opinion, this was worthy of discussion is to, you know, to, to, to actually navigate, you know, the concept of, of 
you know, what comes from this when we see a brother Farrakhan, in a sense, being banned. You know, there may be people who care nothing about Farrakhan and don't care, you know, in a sense, but that, in a sense, not caring doesn't make it okay when we possibly see these other consequences, you know, in a sense, in the future. Because, again, right now it's Farrakhan. It may be, um, or, or for example, the the RBG movement, one of my partners, I saw him put that on Facebook, is Farrakhan now. Next it could be the RBG movement. Next it could be, uh, for example, the, the concept of identity identity extremists. You know, this concept that, for example, the FBI has come up with for, in a sense, black nationalists. You know, that's a term that's being used for black nationalists by identity extremists. So, you know, what happens when it doesn't, you know, in a sense, they're not going after major figures. It basically sets society up for them to go after, you know, individuals. Obviously, people talked about being banned for, you know, three days, 30 days on Facebook on your individual account. You know, maybe that's not, you know, a major factor. But, again, I could definitely foresee these things being used against us as individuals if we don't become aware of, the overall tactic and not get caught up in who the individual is. I don't personally, I don't want to see it happen to somebody who, who you know, I don't care. They can completely hate me. I don't care about that. You know, it, it makes me think of um, Stokely Carmichael's quote. You know, I don't care if somebody, I don't, you know, he says, if, 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 obviously, even the historical context, but he says, you know, if, if, he's, if the white man wants to mention, he says, you don't care anything about that. His concern is that they have the power to lynch you. And so, believe it or not, these private entities are becoming powerful enough, 2.83 billion users around the world, powerful enough to to basically go after anyone. And we can't be happy if it's just because it's people we disagree with. We actually go to another break. we got another caller out there. If you want to get in, make sure you press 1. And let me know you want to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion as we go to our last break. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Backstock TV. Again, please support us if you are a listener. Go to mentaldialogue.com and become a Mental Dialogue supporter. Uh, we still have one more month of our $2 supporter. We're going to move those up to $5 and $9. So get in while you can get grandfathered in. We definitely need the support to keep the return of intelligent radio on the air, having to move the price up to stay afloat. So I hope y'all will consider supporting. If you have a business, there are definitely advantages to becoming a Mr. Dialogue business supporter or member and get discounts on your advertising to our show. We actually got a caller that wants to get in. Area code 914, last 3039. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Great day, everybody. I am I'm calling from New York. My name is Andre Hatchett. Hey, what's going on, King? Thanks for calling in. What you got for us this morning on our discussion question? Farrakhan banned. How should we respond? Your thoughts, King? We should respond. Um, we should respond before we're banned. The same way we should respond to gentrification before we're moved. Uh, this proactive this reactive approach that many of us take um, like we don't know how these people are. It is alarming that we're still doing that at this higher rate in 2019. We're talking about one of the largest um, economic focused organizations being the NOI um, that we have. To have your voice be heard nowadays, it's not that expensive. Why are we relying on these platforms? We don't have to. We don't have to. So, but yeah. it, it goes the real problem, right? What if they lift the ban and say, my bad, the comeback's all good? I actually think the ban is good because. We do our best work as a people when we're the most um, when we're the most picked off. So, uh, uh, Facebook essentially they say essentially are apps, the apps that grew a lot of popularity, but they're apps. We can go to um, Upwork dot com, hire somebody in in another country, and we can get an app built for five hundred bucks. Now we we might have to upgrade it. We we will have to upgrade it here and there. But you know we got some donations, we got some sponsorships. Upgrade it to a two thousand dollar app, a five thousand dollar app, and we just keep on upgrading the software. The answer is the same as it is for uh, probably about eighty percent of our problems or more. We find a way to do our own thing, but we do it before we are kicked out and or kicked off. Now, I love, yeah, I love the way, that, I love how that's worded, um, Brother Dre. I love how you're wording that, that you respond before we're banned. It, it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's something about the way that's said, the context of that is a little different. Uh, we need our own, which, you know, we always say that, right? Anytime we've been banned, we start saying that. But the concept of responding before you're banned is, is to me, adds more priority to, as you said, proactiveness versus 
always saying we need our own innocence after something has happened. And, and, and to be fair to this particular situation, I don't see that a lot of people have called for, like, and again, it may be just how people feel or don't, you know, whether they agree or disagree with Farrakhan. But I haven't seen a big call, but I definitely saw people, you know, calling for boycotting. I saw others um, saying, um, you know, present his words. And I've been loving it. People have just been presenting, you know, all kind of stuff on social media. We just made one post about it on the on the Minute Dollar IG page or whatever. Anyway, I'm just kind of saying, I, when you said respond before you ban, I think that's that's a possible calling card that just makes even I think I don't know, it's just it, for me it just makes even more sense to saying we need our own for example I had Hillary, which you know her is my co host in the first hour and I asked her um from a standpoint, you know, what's the reality of us in a sense getting our own since we always say that. I I, I just feel more action in, in the concept of respond before we ban. And again I'm just re- loving what you said and just kinda of reiterating that. Go ahead, King any and listen, you know, just, I just I love it, man. I love that that approach. That's it. I appreciate it. And um, Boyce has um, he has a uh, his social media platform uh, that's out. It's launched. I know they're working on upgrading it, but but it's called Blackie now. So so mm-hmm. so we yeah we mentioned it. We I mentioned it several times in the last few hours. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, though. Okay. There we go. Um, uh, me personally. My days of boycotting for selected outrage purposes, Montoya, are, are done uh, because I live a boycott. Absolutely. I live it. So exactly. I am no longer partaking in emotional selected outrages. My outrages are consistent. They're every day. I'm not gonna wait. Uh, I'm not gonna wait for the racist water company to put out a commercial, and then I go black, buy black on water. I'm going to go buy black on water every time I get a chance. So so that's my two cents, brother. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later on. No, I love it. Thanks for getting in, King. Peace. Yep, great point. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you're a long-time follower of me, you know, it, it, uh, I shouldn't even say me as much, but just how, we, and again, how we talk about, any of these examples, but, you know, from a personal level, I'm with Dre. That's a brother that I admire, and I feel exactly like that. You know, any chance that I can support our own on a regular basis, then that industry cannot hurt me. Now, the reality is, you know, that we're not in a situation where we can replace everything around us, you know, with our own. You know, I, I do know that's a reality, but I do seek to do it every chance I get. So if there's something that I can begin the, you know, a quality product that I can use on a regular basis. In the moment that you decide to use our own, then you are essentially, quote, unquote, boycotting every day as he just called it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I can't be harmed by those transgressions. I think I think one thing that is starting to become common to a certain extent, not everybody, one thing that I think is starting to become common in our community, you know, when we see this type of thing is basically – a, a, a smarter approach and less effort to fight to be a part of something that is not our own. You know, we made the the, the reference to the, you know, the Montgomery boys, bus boycott. And Brother Pianchi, I was saying before, if you were, if you were listening in the first, you know, second half of the hour, I was saying, I'm going to give you an example. And Brother Pianchi actually spoke to it. I forgot to say that to him. But I knew that he would. He would speak to the 
safe board, you know, safe bus company in Winston Salem, and that the brother who's a part of the civil rights, you know, the university activist community in Selma, saying, "Hey, let's bring this here." And a lot of the, unfortunately, at the time, a lot of those leaders at that time chose to continue with the boycott in that manner versus the effort to bring a safe bus, a safe bus company to Selma, which was already thriving in Winston Salem. And so, if we if that's if, that's, if we've learned nothing else in history, you know, other than that, that is absolutely it. Is to become more proactive so that this is a non-issue. And the reality is, you know, people keep even mentioning the idea of you know how you get your messaging messaging out, messaging out, and relying on these platforms, you know. Clearly, at 2.83 billion users, I get it. Um, you know, if it happened, for example, if this were to happen to me, uh, I got a couple of thousand people listening a month on the Nickel Dollar Talk Show. We got another, almost another 10,000 followers via social media, whether that's Facebook or Instagram. So again, small platform in the sense that it happens to me, understandable. I'm willing to say that it's less understandable. And it's not that I'm, I think you know, Mr. Farrakhan is hurting by this ban, per se, but with a financial backing such as the NOI, or you know, in a sense, like even the, for example, even how their, their definition by the, for example, the um, Southern Poverty Law Center, they define, and, you know, in a sense, unfortunately, the NOI is a hate group, but they call them one of the wealthiest groups. In, in all of black America. And so what would have been cool is, in a, what would have been cool is, yes, obviously use a platform with 2.83 million people on it. But if during this ban there wasn't, you know, and they haven't, he hasn't made a public response from what I understand. I haven't seen where Farrakhan made a public response in reference to this, and that's fine. But what have been, been beautiful is, okay, he's using Farrakhan, he's using Facebook, but they banned them publicly and were able to laugh and say, well, hey, we got everybody over here because we've used our, you know, the financial backing that, you know, you or I as an individual might have to obtain to, in a sense, build a a social media platform such as a Facebook. Again, you know, obviously making the assumption that one of the wealthiest groups in our in Black America would have the head start of the finances. So it would have been quite beautiful have America publicly come out and say, don't need y'all anyway. I, I, you know, for example, I don't know what his followership is on Facebook. Let's say it was, um, let's say it was a couple of million people, and he's like, don't need y'all anyway because I already got a couple of million people following me on this platform that hey, all of our community could now use. And and and, and I want to be careful with, and even for those that agree with me, what I am not doing is I'm not designating what somebody else should do with their money. I'm just pointing out the idea of being proactive as a brother Dre just pointed out or or in a sense even going historical just the concepts that now have to become our focus so that situations such as this don't affect our community and again not suggesting that Farrakhan being banned is affecting our community uh, as much as maybe some other transgressions and we've already talked about the concept of, you know, still being aware of the tactic because the tactic does matter and being careful of what you 
in a sense, agree with when it comes to tactics to, in a sense, destroy, quote-unquote, freedom of speech, even in this situation, even on a privacy, on a, you know, from a private platform such as an IG or Facebook, we still have to be aware of the tactics if we're going to navigate and move better as a community. So I would say those, in a sense, are absolutely my final thoughts when it comes to how we should respond, obviously put in the effort to be able to leave these platforms at will, not be so dependent on them. Not easy. Again, if you're making money from these platforms, it's not telling you to leave easy, but you do want to find something that is yours, your ownership. Get your email list together. Own it so that if Facebook shuts you down tomorrow, you're not out of being able to feed your family. So it still becomes important even for those of us who are not famously getting banned like a Farrakhan and it's happening for 30 days, but you rely on it. So just some good, good thoughts. Hope it makes sense. Again, I want to thank my sponsors, moneymotivation.com. Please go check that website out. They have the most, the most amazing new clothing line by a good friend of mine, so I support him. Square Business Entertainment, they're putting out that real R&B music that's missing, and L&G Technologies, they've been a long-time supporter. So please support our sponsors. See y'all next week. All I ask is that you think.